Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Well, boys and girls, once again, it's time for one of our favorite segments around here, 12 for the 12, 12 minutes for the Seahawks fans out there. And we're joined by Michael Sean Dugar on the day of an early week game between the Seattle Seahawks and Los Angeles Rams on a Thursday. That's why we're doing it a day early instead of doing it on Friday. Michael, Sean, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to get uh, get going with this primetime game. Absolutely. Let's. Uh, we'll talk about the primetime game and a huge game it is. But let's talk quickly about the Arizona game as the Seahawks uh, go 27 to 10. They open things up with a Jadavion Clowney pick six. People were waiting for him to flash. It didn't take long as he reaches out. What it is about a 12 foot left arm that he's got <laughs> and pulls the ball down and uh, and then takes it to the house. And then you know I'm never going to start this thing off without talking about our boy Will Disley. Going with seven for 57 and another touchdown. Uh, talk about the performance just in general out of Seattle. What you saw against a team, frankly, that was overmatched in Arizona. Man, Will Disley, man, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain there him. There you like, go. This guy <laughs> is just a monster. I, I, he really is becoming – he's looking like one of the best tight ends in the NFC, you know, and that's saying a lot because I think there's like a clear, I would say, top three-ish with um, Zach Ertz. George Kittle, uh, I'm missing. Oh, and Evan Ingram over in New York. Yeah. And then, like, right after that, you have uh, maybe, maybe Greg Olson, too. But, like, Will is playing as well as, as all of those guys, which is crazy because those are some pretty accomplished dudes who put up some really good numbers, uh, even in short careers. So, yeah, Will Will's a beast uh, on offense. Russell is, you know, Russell's the highest-paid player in the league, uh, I believe, still, even after the Carson Wentz and Goff contracts. And, you know, Russell's playing, like, the best. Uh, at least quarterback uh, in the league. So, I mean, this this offense is, uh, even though it was a little shaky for parts of that game, it's, it's humming, man. And that helps when you have the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like, that's, that's 
that can't be overstated. And then, yeah, defensively, it was only a matter of time. You knew before Clowney did something like, okay, cool, boom. This is why he was the number one pick. Like, it, it was only a matter of time, and that pick six was unbelievable, man. So that pick six was unbelievable, and you get the bookend, too, with the last play of the game, and, and uh, Ziggy Ansah gets into the mix with a sack late. But when you talk about, okay, he, he makes this great flash play, and anytime you score defensively, I mean, it's a huge boost to the, to the entire game, of course. But down in, down out, what did you see out of those two guys on Sunday? Did they play up to a level that you expect them to outside of the flash plays? Um, well, they did play well against what I consider to be a very bad offensive yeah. line. Like, I expected them to get to Kyler, uh, you know, as often as they did. I think it was four times they, they got to him in total. So, with that offensive line as crappy as it is, I, I expected them to have a good day. Obviously, I didn't expect a pick six. Um, I thought they did a good job tracking down Kyler for the most part. I mean, he's going to make people miss. That's just what he does. The dude's so small. He's so fast. Yeah, that's that's just what it is. But I mean, you look at the play by uh, Rasheem Green. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this one. Basically, it's him and Kyler one on one. Absolutely unbelievable. Kyler tries to yeah, Kyler tries to shake him, tries to hit him with a hesitation, and Rasheem just he doesn't bite and just boom, drops him. And that was that was probably one of the most impressive plays of the night. I would say Chris Carson running through someone's face was probably up there. Jadavian's pick six, and then and then yeah, Rasheem. A big dude tracking down little Kyler Murray in open field. That was incredibly impressive. Uh, you mentioned Chris Carson. He had uh, uh, really actually a tough front end of this season, but a really bad week against the uh, uh, the New Orleans Saints, but bounced back big time, went over 100 yards, didn't fumble, didn't slip and fall over, ran really hard. What did you see out of Chris Carson here? Chris Carson's the whole package. And like uh, I talk about Will being like in that next tier of his position. Chris is, too. You know, I think there's a clear difference between Zeke, Saquon, and Alvin, uh, and possibly Gurley as well, but we don't know. He's on this load management thing. But right after that is Chris Carson. Chris mm. can catch. Chris can run through you. Chris will run around you. Chris will jump over you. you know, and he's like on the goal line. He's just as you know successful as any other of the pounding running backs out there. I, I, I forgot McCaffrey. Let me throw him in there too. Uh, but like right after that, Chris is probably like a top six or six seven running back uh, in this league, and he showed it. Like, when he doesn't put the ball on the ground, he's great. <laughs> you know, but sometimes it's, it's, it's just that simple. You know, with the way he ran through, I think, number 27, Kevin Peterson, the cornerback. Kevin needs to the weight room after going against Chris, man. He, Chris just ran through that dude's face at least twice. Yes, he did. got to be hurt. And, when, and it's not just because Kevin's a small cat. You know, I've seen Chris run through linebackers and, and stand-up linemen. Like, you know, Chris, Chris is the real deal. 12 for the 12s on uh, Tutel Nuanas. Michael Sean Dugar joining us. Covers the Seahawks for the Athletic every Friday. But this week early because it's an early week this week. Thursday night game against the uh, Rams for the Seahawks to the, uh, this week. On the Chris Carson note, the way that the ebbs and flows of running backs go in the NFL, like you're saying, you know, I mean, there's, there's kind of a defined top tier right now, but also that tier can always change. We're not so sure that Todd Gurley's ever going to be back to what he was. We'll see. You know, he's definitely he, – he came in slow – hit a peak, and now maybe he's he's dissipated a little bit here. Uh, but it, it's always ebbs and flows, right? David Johnson was a great player, and he still could be a great player, but he hasn't quite reached that elite level he had a couple years ago before he got hurt. But is it, does it surprise you that Chris Carson's been able to fight his way into being considered one of the six or seven best running backs in the league? Uh, it does just because, you know, I was there when they drafted him. 
right? So I'm thinking seventh round, who's this guy? He only played two years at Oklahoma State. His numbers weren't, like, outstanding at Oklahoma State. Uh, he had a hamstring injury to start, like, rookie camp, I think. So he sat for a while. I remember doing roster projections and not having him, you know, on the team and just being really dismissive. I think at the time they, they had C.J. Procise, Eddie Lacy, Thomas Rawls, uh, I think even Alex Collins at the time. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay, well, now they don't got room for the seventh-round pick who's hurt. Which, to be fair, that made sense at the time. Uh, but then I think it was when he came back from training camp last season after they drafted Penny, because that's when I was really paying attention to the running backs. So I was like, oh, 32 looks a lot better than 20. He looks a lot better than 22. He looks a lot better than whatever number J.D. McKissick was wearing at the time. It was clear that dude had a different gear than everyone else. So when he started uh, tearing it up, I mean, when he hurtled over the cat in, in the Denver game to start the year last year, I was like, yep, that looks like practice. That looks exactly yeah, like what right. he was doing, uh, you know, in practice. Uh, oh, also they had Mike Davis uh, at the time. But, yeah, I remember thinking, okay, 32 is it. He, he's legit. And it was only a matter of time before he started running through people. He had a play against Denver where um, he hits the hole and he hits Vaughn Miller right away. Von Miller, I think, in another linebacker, maybe Brandon Marshall. And then the play blows dead. Chris's feet keep moving. By the time the whistle blows, Chris is still standing. Vaughn and Brandon are both on the ground. And I was like, wow, that's unreal. Like, I, I think it was after maybe the Denver game. I was like, okay, cool. 32's got it. Yeah, they lost, but Earl's back, and they have 32, and Russ looks great. They should be fine. 12 for the 12s. We do it every Friday. This week we do it Thursday because it is Thursday night football that the Seahawks are featured in with Michael Sean Dugar at Mike Dugar on Twitter. And, uh, Michael Sean, this game tonight is such an interesting one. I think going into the season, you know, everybody sort of penciled in the Rams, the NFC West, uh, you know, probably the top team in there. But given, first of all, what happened last week, which was just such a such a weird game, they give up 55 to the Bucks for gosh sakes, and the Seahawks looking really good uh, this season. Both these teams 3-1, and one, and we always know, first of all, Seattle, uh, the you know, one of, if not the best, home field advantages. But Thursday night games are weird, man. They're just weird. Weird. So, what do you expect tonight between the Seahawks and the uh, and the LA Rams? You know, it's 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 weird how I'm viewing this matchup now because when I'm looking at the Rams, I know they had some stinkers at the end of last year. They put up a big stinker against the Bears. I think they had a huge stinker um, against, I'll say Philly, and then obviously the Super Bowl was a big stinker. All these are on offense, by the way. Their defense didn't put up stinkers, but it's almost like. People have kind of figured out Sean McVay. I mean, Jared still threw for 500 yards uh, on Sunday against the Bucks, but you know he's not a guy who can go out there and just start hucking it. You know, and it tends to still be efficient and effective and not turn the ball over. I don't really think there's anyone like that other than maybe Russ. Mahomes might be like that, where they can just like, hey man, here's the ball win no matter what well a lot of guys are going to throw for 500 yards if they throw it 68 times (laughs) a game right i mean my goodness yeah no you you should you should but it's clearly golf isn't the same right right he looks he looks a lot more like the guy that Seahawks beat up on as a rookie that doesn't mean that's what he'll look like on thursday uh but you know you can't ignore how important maybe todd Gurley has been to him i mentioned before todd's basically on like a load management program which I mean, do what you got to do if you're the Rams. I think that's a kind of a bad strategy. I know his health is important for the long term. You paid him. At the same time, you want to put your best players on the field, put them in position to succeed. 
you don't want to put him out there and have him get hurt, but it's football, right? You can manage him all you want. It takes one hit, he's done. He's a running back. Uh, and this is very important. They picked up a dude off the street last year and looks great yeah. <laughs> in the playoff runs. And C.J. Anderson. So if you don't have Todd, as long as your O line is playing great like it did last year, you're going to be able to run the ball. And the play action that Golf is so good at will still be effective. So between Golf looking crappy and with six picks and six touchdowns, and Gurley on a pitch count, uh, and the O line not the same it was, I actually think the Seahawks will like be a lot better than they have been. Uh, in the past, at least defensively. Offensively, they've been able to run it down the Rams' throat. Uh, even with Sue, with Donald, Fowler, it doesn't matter. With those linebackers, they were able to do that. The problem is stopping the Rams. They gave up 36 and 33 points in their in their two losses. And the Rams was eight in the red zone, golf through for like 600 yards, I think, and a bunch of touchdowns, and a bunch of yards after catch. They couldn't stop Robert Woods in one of those games. Like, it's, it was bad defensively and I don't think it'll look like that if the Rams aren't this like well-oiled machine coming in which they are certainly not even at three and one the sort of cliche or the commonly accepted thought on these Thursday night games is that nobody likes Thursday night football but as a guy who talks to these players every day what are the what does the Seahawks guys think of Thursday night football are they as up in arms as so many other guys around the league or what are just the general feelings about Thursday night games in Seattle uh, up in arms isn't what I'd say, you know, because they, they know they signed on for it, right? Like, that's, at the end of the day, you can complain all you want. There's very little you can do. But I don't think Bobby Wagner's a fan. I think a lot of – no one's really a fan. Right. Because most guys are not even ready to play again until maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. I think a lot of guys last year said Thursday was their day. I talked to what was that, Justin Britt yesterday. He said, yeah, I'm more of a Friday guy. But he smiles like, I'll be ready on Thursday, because it just takes so much. And the, just to get ready from Sunday to Sunday it takes multiple massages, multiple trips to the cold tub, the acupuncture, whatever that stuff is that leaves the cups on their back that looks like swimmers. I forget <laughs> right. what type the of, suction uh, deals. Hair. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that, oh yeah. That, yeah, like that. One day I was talking to Tyler Lockett, he turned around, and I was like, whoa, he's turning to Michael Phelps uh, when, he, <laughs> when he walked away. Uh, but yeah, they got to they gotta do that. Uh, you know, they need the 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 Normatec boots that they put their legs in, they got to sit in that, the hyperbaric chambers. And that's just to get ready for something seven days later. So imagine that sped up. And you can't really do a lot of stuff Thursday. So basically you're looking at Monday when you when you get back from the game, Tuesday, Wednesday, you got practice and everything. And then, boom, you're going out there to smash your face into more people again. So that part of it is just tough because their body is all they got. right? They, that's, that's the only one. They got to do everything to protect it. And the league's like, nah, nah, nah. Four days later, we need you out here, and we need you also out here playing at a very high level because there's millions of people watching this game. Now, it's, it's pretty crappy for the players. Something needs to be done. They probably should just make Thursday football only for teams coming off of a buy. Mm-hmm. That would probably just fix the issue right right there. Everyone still makes money, and the product is probably better, and the players aren't like there aren't in pain in warm-ups. You know, everyone kind of wins. Uh, last one for you. We'll get you out of here. Let's get a little prediction from you. This game opened with the Rams a one-point favorite. It has moved over to the Seahawks now being a one-point favorite as we close in on kickoff. What do you think? I, I, my, my take from what you said is you like Seattle in this game. I do like Seattle. I like them close just because the Rams are still, you know, they have good coaches on both sides of the ball. They have good players on both sides of the ball, whether they're playing at all pro levels or not. Like, it's, you know, Aaron Donald's still going to get sacks, you know, Gurley's still going to find the end zone, probably. You know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup's going to eat against, I don't care who he's playing against. That dude's a stud. 
Uh, but I do like him close because the Seahawks, I feel like, can only play a close games uh, unless it's against awful teams. So that's probably say something around 28-24 Seahawks. That sound about right? That sounds good. That sounds good. Well, it's a huge game, obviously a divisional game, but especially when you take, even with San Francisco, what is to me still the top two teams in the NFC West, uh, this is this is a huge one, and a rivalry game. This has really blossomed over the years into a, a pretty bitter uh, uh, sort of uh, relationship between the Hawks and the Rams, and it's always fun. Michael Sean, we really appreciate it. Check out Michael Sean Dugar on Twitter, at Mike Dugar. How early did you get into the Twitter game that you got your own name as your handle on Twitter, man? I mean that's unbelievable. Oh, it took it took a while. I had a I had some weird name for like six years or something like that. But thankfully, my name is pretty unique, and uh, it's it's taken on Facebook by several people. But yeah. on Twitter, uh, it's uh it's available. But yeah, I'm a I'm a ten year vet uh, on Twitter. I, w- I got on Twitter to try to figure out what Ocho Cinco was doing. <laughs> that was uh, I don't know if people remember. Ocho Cinco was hot, man. Him and Tio had the TV show, and like he was oh, yeah. touchdown dances. He had his own, yeah, like it was. He was a big deal. So I remember him being on Twitter. So I hopped on, think, kind of figure out what he was doing, and just got got addicted like everyone else. Michael Sean Dugar covers the Seahawks for the Athletic. You can check him out too on the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. He's the co-host of that one there. Michael Sean, always appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. All right, thanks for having me. You guys have a good one. Take a quick break. Come back. Give away Grizz tickets. The homecoming game next. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Juanas. Here's a little sports news for you. Montana-born cowboy Bridger Chambers earned $4,418 in a steer wrestling contest. Competition, not a contest for crying out loud. He's not eating hot dogs. <laughs> the Pendleton <laughs> Radio for steers. crying out loud. He's almost five grand. With that finished, the native of the Bitterroot Valley moved to the top 15 of the PRCA standings, helping punch his ticket to the National Finals Rodeo in Vegas in December. The former Montana Western basketball player was second in the world standings last year. Montana Class A and boys and girls, excuse me, golf tournament gets underway today in Laurel. 
On the boys' side, won't be Riggs Johnson. He's the back-to-back defending Class A champion. He won four straight state titles at Libby. He's now at Arizona State, opening the door for Laurels, Carson Hackman, Whitefish's Cameron Kale, and Hamilton's Tristan Hansen, each who tied for second place last year as juniors. On the girls' side, reigning champion Trisha Joyce of Butte Central now plays for the University of Montana women's golf team, meaning Corvallis's Macy Greenwood is a legitimate contender after finishing five strokes back of of Joyce as a junior. It's homecoming week, and the Montana campus is more than uh, for more than just the football team. The Grizz women's soccer team plays its first Big Sky home matches against Weber State Friday and Idaho State Sunday. While the UM volleyball team will take on Eastern Washington. That game will be on SWX at 7 p.m. Tickets, of course you do. Quick update, by the way. NLDS Game 1, top of the seventh inning, the Atlanta Braves. A 3-1 lead over the St. Louis Cardinals as they have just started the top of the seventh inning. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. And online at KurtzPolaris.com. Love, love, love postseason baseball, man. The two wildcard games. Both the teams that I was rooting for, and I wasn't quote I didn't have a team in the hunt, but, you know, you, you jump onto a team on the day and so forth. Both the teams I wanted to win lost. Still had a blast with it. It was, it was an absolute blast. Hey, Coulter, should we make somebody's day here? Can we, oh, yeah. we have some fun? Let's give away some tickets. We were asking people to call in, asking people to uh, 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 register on 1029ESPN uh, on the Instagram with our Instagram handle there and uh, get put in to come on here and tell us your favorite homecoming story for homecoming. So we have done that, and uh, and we're going to give away tickets for, uh, for the uh, Grizzly-Idaho State football game. So we go to the phones now, and we welcome in the person we've selected out of the group, Jen to the show. Jen, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great, Jen. We really appreciate you putting your name in there and also putting in a, a story of sorts to go with it. So tell us, give us your best homecoming story. So it's less of a, a story and more of just a favorite homecoming tradition. Um, that I works. Love Yell Night. Yeah, I love Yell Night, and I think that it's super underrated and more people should go. It's tonight, by the way. Um but um, I just think that it's, like, the perfect, like, Americana football college experience because you go and there's speeches and the beautiful bells are played and they light the M. And my husband and I have been going to Yale Night since we were dating. And last year we got to bring our daughter to her very first Yale Night. How and, about that? Um, just seeing the fireworks and the M kind of lighting up in her eyes was just an extra special, really wonderful experience. So we're really excited to to just continue to involve her in all of our homecoming traditions. You but know, my favorite is Yale Night. Jen, that is a phenomenal story. And I got to tell you, too, it's great because, you know, when you're on campus, you know, day in, day out, if you're a student or whatever it might be, uh, you know, you get it with the homecoming because there's something going on yeah. all the time. A lot of people in the community go, okay, well, it's, you know, it's the football game and there's some alumni around. Well, it's a lot more yeah. than that. And it's open to everybody, right, to go down there yeah. and have a great yeah. evening out on the lawn. It's so fun. And there's popcorn and stuff for the kids, stuff for grown-ups. It's, it's just a really lovely event. Jen, that is a lovely story. 
I appreciate you bringing that to our attention. I'm very happy that you've been doing this all the way back. I mean, the romance. Are you kidding me? Going back all the way with your husband dating, and now you bring the kiddo. I mean, it's full circle here. Enjoy mm-hmm. the game on us, okay? You got Thank the tickets. You You're so going to go to the Grizzly Idaho yeah, State yeah, football yeah. game, and uh, and we will look forward to seeing you there. Get the uh, yeah. get your Give your information to David there in the back, and you can come okay. pick up those tickets anytime, okay? Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This is awesome. You're really welcome. Well, we, we thank you. Appreciate you being a part of this thing here. There thank you go. You. Jen, doing it the way. That's great. Huh, Coulter? What's oh, I love it. See, because yep. normally, you know, the Neanderthals of the world, of which you and I are too, <laughs> talk about, well, let me tell you how many beers I drank on the, you know, 5th of October, 1987, and, you know, on and on they go. Here we got, you know, a nice family story. This is good. I'm into this. Usually you ask Bobby Hawk about symbolic things like the first game of the season or the first conference game of the season. Just another game. One or no. Just another game. One or no. Right. That's all we're doing. Hit it. Because he actually loves homecoming. Bobby Howe, before practice yesterday with Colton Nuanas. Oh, and then I ejected it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You know, Who just, gave this just, guy the just, control? You know, I sit in here. You do the great buildup for me on this whole thing, Coulter, and then I go and I muck it up like this all the time because buttons have never been a strength of mine, as you know. I struggle mightily with all all things technology-related. Uh, you also, Coulter, talked to Cy Sermon and Robbie Houck, if I'm not mistaken on I this did. Yep. Is that correct? Yep, they're both excellent interviews. So we will, we will hear from both of them. But here, if I could push the button correctly this time, is Bobby Howe. We've been down here before with the band playing in the background, but now it's homecoming week. So anything extra special? What do you like about homecoming week on campus at the University of Montana? Yeah, well, the band's getting ready, too, just like we are. And, you know, I think the best thing about it is it's it's uh, this specific game. A lot of people who only make one game a year get here. So get to reconnect with a lot of old friends and being a an alum as well as having a long history here you get to see a lot of people that you know i love it i got friends coming from all over the country i got somebody even come from australia coming back for the game so you gotta love it but uh you talk all the time about a big win whatever because if you don't win them all it can negate any sort of big win. Every game is a big game in college football so how have you expressed that to your team this week coming off of beating the number four team in the country but coming with a really talented idaho state team coming to town well, I think that's the art of putting together a good season is is learning how to win games and big games and then come back and do it again the next week. And so I think you have to enjoy it and uh, embrace the uh, the good time around the victory and then uh, get ready to put it in the rearview mirror at the start of the week. And I, I think our guys have done that. A lot of guys that have played in that game last week that hadn't played in much college football, but every, the seniors have good uh, leadership ability and they're helping. That leads me right to my next question. Some of those guys, on the, especially specifically on the defensive front, hadn't played a lot, and they played great. So how would you evaluate guys like Jacob McGoring and Milton Mula kind of taking advantage of their first real college action in the big sky? Yeah, it's kind of disconcerting as the head coach to look out there and at times see multiple freshmen, no matter <laughs> ones or twos on the D-line. But, but they're holding up and making some plays. Uh, they're getting a little bit more refined as the season goes on. The more they play, the better they get. So... Um, you know, we've got some liabilities there, but they seem to be holding up. Everybody talks about the passing game at Idaho State, but when you watch their offense, so much of it's keyed by the inside zone stuff that they do. How important is it to slow down Ty Flanagan and, and the other running backs on that inside zone stuff that they do? 
Well, you have to stop the run first, no matter who you're playing. It doesn't really matter. Uh, if, if anybody runs the ball, then you've got a problem. So uh, they do run a lot of zone, but they have gap plays too. So, you know, they've got plenty of offense to get to, and we need to tackle their backs and get off blocks and all the things that good defenses do. We talked a lot about your connection with Rob Fennessy, but also Mike Ferreter, a guy who played here for you, the offensive coordinator there. Now I know he started his coaching career with you as a GA at UNLV as well. So what have you thought of just Mike's rise through the coaching ranks now as being an offensive coordinator in the Big Sky? Well, I'm a big fan of Mike. Obviously, we, we recruited him when nobody else did and then coached him for five years and then gave him his first coaching job. So uh, love seeing our former players have success, and, and obviously Mike's doing a real nice job for Rob down there at Idaho State. Sort of a homecoming for him as well. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Yep, go Grizz. There you go. Bobby Houck, uh, all Grizz interviews here today, brought to us by our friends at Alpine Touch. Coach Houck in a pretty positive mood. He was, certainly, and... Talk to Mike Ferrer today. Yeah, anybody who listens to this show consistently knows Mike and I are good friends. We I lived with him for a moment in college, and uh, really tough guy, great guy. Uh, but he was, I was teasing him. I said, sort of a homecoming for you, and he said, my God, if I went and got every beer that I've been offered to go get on Friday night, I would not show up for the game on Saturday. <laughs> right. He said, I right. would die. He said, I can't do any of that. So public service announcement for Mike, he's not ignoring you. He actually has to work. They yeah. will be here Weird. late Saturday, Friday night, and they will be gone after the game on Saturday, so he's not going to drink your beers. But Mike's a, a dude who was an all-big sky receiver at Montana in the mid-2000s, and uh, he's had a coaching stint at Montana. He also coached it for Bobby Houck at UNLV, and he's had two different stints now at Idaho State. The second time around here now is the offensive coordinator, and I might say, objectively, one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. Since he took over that offense that he's coached in 15 games, and they've scored 38 or more points 10 times. That's pretty darn good. They're averaging something like 44 points a game against FCS opponents over their last 10. So they've been lighting people up with his offense, and uh, proud of him. It's cool, cool watching a guy like that transition his life into coaching and rise through the ranks so rapidly, and he, he, has, he, he is a great offensive mind in the Big Sky Conference right now. It is nice to know that we live in such a generous town here in Missoula uh, at Gus Tutel. If you're looking for a fill-in for Mike Ferreter, he can't go with you on <laughs> Gus Friday Gus will go night. get all Mike Ferreter's Let beers. Let me know. You know, I, I'm happy to be he a friend he or can't need call, a friend. He whatever. can't call any sort of trips left uh, Z-Concept no, smash, but no. uh, he can get... Yeah, you can get a couple down with you. I mean, I'm, you know, just arm candy. It's what I've only ever been. <laughs> uh, Coulter, you uh, talked to Bobby Houck. You also talked to Bobby Houck's son, Robbie Houck. Uh, conversation. This is one of the first that we've had with Robbie on there. Uh, getting it done at the safety spot, the Grizz safety spot, as it were. Here you go, the son of the coach. First of all, homecoming. Does it feel any different on campus this week? Uh, yeah, you know, everybody gets excited about homecoming and... Uh it's, uh, it's a fun week, uh, not only for us, but for uh, the student body and faculty and everybody like that, so it's good. Year two under uh, Camp Barrett, this defense, it seems like you guys are executing a little bit higher level. How would you evaluate just the execution so far five games in? Yeah, definitely. Uh, anytime you, uh, well, the longer you are in a system, the more fluid you're going to be. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we know the scheme a little better and uh, how all of us play. And uh, definitely makes things a lot easier. So. Seems like when you master the base of the scheme, then you can start adding more details. How much of that helped you guys last week? Uh, a lot. You know, they were uh, Davis threw a lot of stuff at us, and we had to uh, adjust to that throughout the week. And uh, that's a that's a big thing when when you got the basis down and uh, you can add on. And uh, that was that was definitely something that helped us uh, 
pull out a victory last week. This matchup's interesting because Idaho State, they run so much RPO stuff, and if you if you sneak, they might gash you, but if you're over the top, they're going to gash you with the run game. So as a safety, where's your eyes at, and what are you looking for when you're preparing for this offense? Uh, we just keep our normal keys. Uh, probably got to be a little patient with the RPO. Um, and, uh, that you know, they've got a, they've got a very good uh, skilled group uh, the receivers and running backs and uh, it's a it's a big challenge for us so it's it's a it's a lot very similar to last week uh, in that perspective and uh, yeah we've got a great challenge those two receivers i mean mitch guller goes up and gets one of the biggest guys in the league and mike dean probably the smallest guy in the league maybe the fastest guy in the league so what do you think of this the way they compare and contrast each other yeah well they're both great players and uh we've got our hands full with them um uh two two does a nice job of going up and getting the ball and he likes to, you know, beat you with the speed, which he can do. So uh, definitely got our hands full with that, and uh, I'm excited for uh, the matchups and fun to compete. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. 2-20. and 20. wonder where he picked up that, the numerology. No names here. Numbers. That's what we're doing. Uh, good to hear from... Uh, he even said... Because uh, he didn't want to call them by their names. Yeah. He wanted to make sure he got which one was right. Right, right. No names. It's <laughs> beautiful. Uh, Coulter, you also talked with Cy Sermon and set this up just for us, just for just for a second here, because Cy is a guy who's moved around a lot. Uh, but I mean, defense originally, and then guard spot, and now at the center spot. But uh, 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 you know, a guy who has come a long ways and is doing a nice job in at that center position. One of Montez. Smartest players, certainly. I think that's why he's been able to play four different positions for the Grizz. He came in as a linebacker. Then he played defensive end. Then he played defensive tackle. Then he played offensive guard. Now he's played offensive center. And he's been able to pick them all up. And he, he was sort of a tweener at all the spots because he wasn't quite fast enough to play linebacker, but then he wasn't quite big enough to play on the defensive line. But then he basically made himself sort of big enough to play on the offensive line last year. And now he's 6'4", 290. He's put on the weight. He's... It's amazing to say that when guys are undersized, when they're as big as they already Here's are. Here's what right? I found, though. It's impossible to make yourself faster. It is possible to make yourself bigger. Uh, that's that's definitely true. But uh, he's a guy that comes from a great football family, all sorts of different ties. I mean, his dad played at Idaho. Uh, his uncle played at Oregon as a, as a Hall of Famer there. His other uncle played at Montana. Uh, his cousin Jacob is at Washington. So he's got a ton of ties. And I know that he's a guy that was willing to do anything for this program. And he's shown that. But now he's getting rewarded because he's found his niche. He's found the position he was meant to play. And he's not just a fill-in adequate center. He's a good center, man. He he is really good, especially in terms of the pre-snap calls that he helps Dalton Sneed out with. So, Sia Sermon, a lot to be proud of. And this is a great interview. This is probably the best interview I've done with a Grizz player this year. So, enjoy. 
Center's a distinctly different position than yeah. the other positions on the offensive line. What do you like about it? Uh, I like how cerebral it is. You know, I, I like thinking football X's and O's and, you know, getting to meet with coaches a little extra and, you know, think about what we're going to do to game plan guys. And, uh, you know, I, I like the responsibility of it and uh, I like snapping the ball. It seems like it come pretty naturally to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I played a little bit of center like my freshman year of high school. Okay. And I feel like snapping the ball is kind of one of those things like once you, you know, like riding a bike, you know, once you kind of get the hang of it, totally. you can pick it back up. So, yeah, a little bit of a learning curve to do it at the speed that we play at, of course, but it's, it's second nature now. The Grizz offensive line last year, it was such a huge storyline, you know, just the fact that you guys were young and not a lot of depth, but now it seems like you guys have really, really improved. Where have you seen this group grow the most? Um, just aside from physically, right? <laughs> uh, in, in willpower. Yeah. I mean, we were a ragtag group last year. A bunch of misfits just kind of <laughs> mashed together trying to figure something out. But all those misfits came back with a with a passion, you know. And we all got bigger, got in, got some help uh, with a uh, big Mo, you know. Yeah. He coming in, bring some size and some intensity, and that, that's the biggest thing, you know. We we're just we're we make sure that we bring intensity with everything we do. Last home game, we were laughing so hard because when, Mo- when Moses Mallory pancakes somebody, if he gets on top of him, the way he gets up off the pile, he yeah. makes sure to take his time. He doesn't yeah. use his hands. <laughs> it's got to be one of the funniest things you can watch on the field. But you mentioned just his addition. It seems like he's picked up the offense now, and he brings a real physical presence. Yeah, you know, I knew the – I actually was his host, and I knew when he came here on his special, and I knew he had, he meant business. You know, he's a competitive guy, and uh, I love having him on my right side. He brings a lot of muscle to the table, and we got to get those crucial – short yardage blocks. I love playing with Mo. Coming into this year, I think everybody knew you guys would be able to throw the ball because of the receivers you got on the perimeter, veteran quarterback and Dalton Sneed. But now you guys are running the ball with authority too. Last week, 260 yards rushing. So how does that make you feel as an offensive lineman when you're actually picking up that side of the offense as well? It's nice to see the hard work, you know, kind of manifest itself in some way. You know, rushing is, you know, a big deal for us. We want to be as good as we can. You know, if we can run the ball, we can do a lot of things. And um, we still got a lot to work on. And I think, you know, every single game, we cut stuff up, and it's like, man, you know, if only we got that block, we could have gotten, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, you know, rushing comes down to intensity and, you know, wanting to get that push. And I think we, you know, we always get better at that, but it's been a big improvement over last year. Idaho State, the talking points all week have been about Idaho State's offense versus your guys' defense. But on the other side, what do you see out of Idaho's defense? What are they, what are Idaho State's defense, what do, they, what do they look like schematically? Uh, they're good. You know, they're big, strong guys, and they're hungry, and they get good knockback. They're aggressive. They're going to be a big challenge for us. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we, that's why we come out here and bust our ass to try to get better every week. And they're, they're, they're a heck of a football team. Last, last question. It's the homecoming week here in Missoula. What, where's the confidence level of this team? seems like you guys are increasingly a very confident bunch. Yeah, you know, confidence is always a good thing to have. But I'd say, I'd say we, don't, <laughs> we don't even think into it that much. It's more about, like, how confident are you in your job as right. an individual. And I think that that's what this team does great. Is we we seg we segmentalize things, you know, day to day, job to job. It's never a, you know, what does the nation think of us, or what does the town think of us, or whatever, blah blah blah. It's you know, did I take good sets? You know, did I do good in the gym today? All those types of things, and uh, so we take it step by step, and uh, see the picture unfold because that's that's what happens when you take care of your job. There you go, Cy Sermon. Great chatting uh, by uh, Coulter with him, Robbie and Bobby Howe. Fantastic stuff. All those interviews brought to us by our friends at Alpine Touch. Coulter, the day, the season, whether it's spam and eggs, whether it's ham and eggs, whether it's steak on the grill, whether it's steak in the oven, veggies, doesn't matter. Alpine Touch, put it on it. 
Anything. It can make spam even taste good. I <laughs> know spam actually is good. Um, grilling season right now. It's grilling season all the time, but yeah. particularly now with the tailgating going on. Get yourself an Alpine Touch four big mountain flavors pack. It's got a little handle on it. You can pick whatever four flavors you want. My favorites are the uh, the pepper blend, the all-purpose seasoning, the chili sublime, and the prairie fire. Now we got all your Hit it all. flavors yes. covered, and you can make some... Uh, maybe a half and half, a salty and spicy steak, a little peppery steak. I made, I used that pepper blend to make myself some beef barley stew on my mm. uh, sister-in-law's birthday on Sunday. It was delish. Alpine Touch has got you covered whether you need spices for stew, spices for your asparagus, spices for your meats. They got it all. Huge supporters of the University of Montana Athletics. I know those boys will be down for the homecoming game this weekend, so we look forward to seeing them. Go to alpinetouch.com right now. Enter ESPN10 to get 10% off your order. They got all their products right there. They'll deliver them right to your doorstep. Let, let them hook you up. Alpine Touch, Montana Special Spice. Seahawks, Rams, coming up in a half an hour right here on ESPN Radio. We'll get you set for a huge divisional matchup right after this. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, that can take care of you. Coulter, the Seattle Seahawks are playing... The Los Angeles Rams, and I tell you what, uh, well, let me tell you this first. It's Tutel Nuanas. We are thrilled to be with you. We thank you for spending some time with us on your radios and on SWX Montana Television. We appreciate you out there. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83, and see you online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything at all on the show, we got you on the podcast. Listen to the Tutel Nuanas podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. It is available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. And don't forget when you search it, check out the FCS Speculators betting podcast as well because it will be there when you uh, search to tell Nuanas. The uh, FCS Speculator is going to come up with that as well, so check that out. Hey, um, the the divisional matchups that I have enjoyed over the years probably the most have been the NF the the uh, the AFC North and specifically Baltimore versus Pittsburgh. I think the Ravens Steelers rivalry and games have been some of the most intense and some of the most physical in the league. If you have watched Rams Seahawks over the last five to eight years, though, 
it has gone to a high level. It used to be Big Brother, Little Brother, where Seattle would just beat down Saint Saint what was Saint Louis, uh, you know, time in and time out. But as the Rams have improved and improved, and Seattle kind of leveled off, this has been a great rivalry and a divisional. You know, it's an impactful rivalry. This is not a wide open division. This is a three team division this year at best, and I'm still still very much incredulous to the San Francisco question. I don't know why I'm so stuck on it, but I don't believe that any of these teams can make the playoffs. I think, I mean, I, I obviously one of them is going to by winning the division. <laughs> I would, I would but, take the under on but, that, but I. I just, over, I just I honestly, like, I, I think the Seahawks have been more impressive than I expected them to be. Yeah. And I do think that as Ziggy Ansah and Jadavion Clowney continue to acclimate to the lineup, that they're going to make that defense more stout than it already is. No doubt. I think you got to give, as Michael Sean Dugar said there in the 12 for 12s, you got you to be realistic and actually accept the fact that Chris Carson really is one of the 10 best running backs in the NFL. He really is now. You can't just say he's a seventh round pick anymore. He's really good. They've solidified the offensive line. I think you got to start believing in Will Disley. But. I mean, you pretty much covered it all. You well, right. I, 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 but then I just, I just, I'm just, I'm not, I don't have them on par with some of the other teams in the NFC. I, I sure. don't, I just don't see any of these teams. None of these teams have looked as impressive as New Orleans, the, the Saints, the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Eagles for moments. Yeah, I, I mean, think that the NFC has been very muddled. The, the, the NFC has been very muddled across the board. Yeah, but there's been moments where I've watched all those other teams I've just named, where I was like, "Wow, that's a little bit different or better than what we've seen." The Saints winning two straight without Drew Brees, impressive. The Packers being much better on defense, impressive. The Vikings running the ball a lot better than they have, impressive. The Bears being straight stonewall on defense like they were a week ago against the Vikings, impressive. The Eagles with Carson Wentz back in the fold, impressive. I guess because the Seahawks have been surprising, maybe that's why it hasn't been as impressive to me. Maybe I just need, just need to compartmentalize it a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think you sit here and you go, the Seahawks are one of the you know, top two or three teams in the NFC. Uh, that said, Seattle and Los Angeles, I think, are the two best teams in the NFC West. I do too. And as such, when you only face each other twice in a season, this becomes a monster game. And it's a monster game every... It has been a monster game for the last several seasons. And by the way, the Rams have won the last three against the Seattle Seahawks, both games last year. Good games, actually. Well, they were clearly the better team last year and obviously went all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, Those games, so much closer than what people thought they would be against Seattle. I mean, the Rams were 7-10 to point favorites in those games, and they were three-point games. They were great football games. This game, Coulter, the Seahawks opened as an underdog, a one-point dog. This line we talked to, it was at one. It's already, it's actually up to one and a half now uh, in favor of the Seattle Seahawks, one and a half point favorites. I like Seattle in this game tonight. I, I, I can't really put a finger on why. Oddly enough, the only reason, not the only reason, but significantly, if I was going to say why I thought the Rams might come out and play well, is because they played such an odd and weirdly bad game against Tampa on Sunday. Terrible. And I think that, you know, that is often a catalyst to go circle the wagons, let's get back to brass tacks and do what we do and do it well enough with this garbage. But I think that this this defense is very susceptible. There's a lot of names on it. We know how great Aaron Donald is. Totally. Sure, they bring in Clay Matthews, whatever, right. whatever. But, but they Clay have, Matthews they might be washed. They have given it up. They we, have given right. it up on and defense. And Clay and Matthews so, might be washed. Yeah, well, he might. And Akib I mean, Talib looked washed last week. So I like Seattle to win this football game. Both these teams 3-1 and one, to take 
not just the lead in the division, uh, well, you know, with San Francisco there, but also the head-to-head, obviously, in, in a potential tiebreak. And when you're the home team, you got to have it. The Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, this is one that they got to have. It is time, boys and girls. We send you out to the Pacific Northwest. The Seattle Seahawks hosting the Los Angeles Rams Thursday night football. We got it right here for you on ESPN Radio Seahawks football all season long. Thanks for being with us today. We will see you tomorrow. We'll wrap up the week, get you ready for homecoming tomorrow. Good night. Hi there. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.